Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family, where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Okay, today's guest is a best-selling author and one of the most renowned and sought-after speakers in the world, but no one would have guessed that based on how he grew up. Him and his twin brother, Wes, were born on a dirty floor in an abandoned building and later adopted by a single mother who struggled to make ends meet. In school, he was deemed teachable but mentally retarded when often picked on by the other kids referring to him as the dumb twin. Everything in his life started to take a turn after hearing his first motivational tape at a young age, and he realized that with enough effort and determination, he could turn his life around and he began to soak up as much as he possibly could. He began working on his skill set daily and improving more and more as he climbed his way up and became the most popular TV and radio show host in America. He has since gone on to write multiple best-selling books. He's been awarded the Chicago Area Emmy Award, the National Speakers Association's Most Prestigious Award, the Golden Gavel, for his achievement and leadership in communication and is recognized by Toastmasters International as being one of the top five best speakers in the world. He has spoken on stages all around the world, from Denmark to Dubai and Canada to the Caribbean, and have up to crowds of 80,000 people sharing his messages of motivation, self-development, and empowering others to go out and live their dream life. So please, help me welcome the guy who went from shining people's shoes for 75 cents at the age of 10 to now one of the top motivational speakers in the entire world, has been featured on NBC, Inc. Magazine, Success Magazine, and the Washington Post, to name a few. My friend, Mr. Les Brown. Hello, how are you? It's a plum-pleasing pleasure, as well as a privilege to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to chat with you, Les. Um, I'm really looking forward to be able to you know, get together and, and link up. And, um, you know, it, it's so funny, actually, how this has done a full circle, because Way back in the beginning of way back in the beginning of time, when I first found self development, the first you know the first voice of self development I ever found. What it was you. Wow. <laughs> I was I was watching some video on YouTube and 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 I hear this this voice to this guy and I'm like, this guy's talking my language. I like this stuff, you know. And it's just put me down this whole uh, sort of rabbit hole of learning as much as I could and. Um, you know, it's just crazy to be able to sit here now and, and, and have a chat. So thanks so much for jumping on. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm honored. And I want to thank you for deciding to create a program that will give people a larger vision of themselves beyond their circumstances and their mental conditioning and introduce them to guests and methods and techniques on how they can continue to evolve. That's a real commitment that you've made with your life, a real stand, and we need more of that now more than ever before. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you. So, Liz, I'd, I'd love to know, when you were younger, 
And when you, when you started to kind of look into doing it, like, like thinking bigger, dreaming bigger, and you look what you've achieved so far in your life, did you ever think, did you ever dream of what you've done? Was this ever part of the plan or did it kind of just unfold the way it has? You know, <laughs> here's one of the weird things. And I've been looking back at my life. I, I had a three by five card that I carried with me because I heard a motivational message by Earl Nightingale called The Strangest Secret in the World. And in that presentation, he said, carry a card with you with your goal on it. And I put on there, I am the world's greatest orator. And he said, write it as if it already is. And then he said, on the flip side, put Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be added unto you, and it shall be opened unto you. And I did that for a long period of time. I had no idea that I would become a motivational speaker. I had no idea that I would be selected by Toastmasters for their Golden Gavel Award, their highest award, or the National Speakers Association, or selected to be among the top five speakers in the world. I did not know. And so when I hear from the, from the good book that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor is in the heart of mankind what God has in store for you, that has real meaning for me. <laughs> mm. That's, that's just, yeah, that's phenomenal. You know, like so, so often so many people kind of get caught up in having to control the how, don't they? Instead of just actually visualizing what they want to create and allowing things just to yeah, happen you do, Yeah, you hold the vision because our, our vision, our thoughts have magnetic power and you work and get an alignment with a vision of yourself of who you must become in order to achieve what you envision for yourself, be willing to do the work because if you're not willing to do the work, nothing works. Be willing to learn. If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But if you're willing to learn, no one can stop you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and stay in that lane because most people die a misplaced life and they allow themselves to be derailed after X number of defeats, rejections, and disappointments, and they throw their hands up and feel, this is not for me. I built my career on disruptions, on rejections, on failures, on being told no. We go through disruptions, transformation to accommodate the disruptions, and decisions that we make. And we make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Yeah. And and on that, you say you, you built your career on no's and rejections and all that. Um, is it true that you, you started out in network marketing? Is that kind of was a bit of a stepping stone yes, for you? Yes, absolutely. They, years ago, before you were born, Morgan, <laughs> <laughs> they had something called Holiday Magic and Dare to Be Great. And even, well, Amway was around during that time. And so I started back then. And I enjoyed it because what it allowed you to do is think like an entrepreneur, that you had to learn how to manage yourself, how to manage people, how to sell yourself, how to sell products, how to influence people. And you had to give presentations constantly. 
Well, now we have changed. We've gone from brick and mortar to click and order. You now <laughs> can motivate from the comfort of your home in your Mickey Mouse pajamas. And so it's a brand new day. When I got back from Abu Dhabi, right before the pandemic, I, I was saying, what, what's going on? And they said, well, you lucky you got here because tomorrow anybody comes in, they have to go into quarantine for 14 days. I said, I'm real glad I got home at the right time. And But I have done more business and impacted more people's lives virtually than I did going from city to city, state to state, country to country. So it's, it's, it's an incredible time. It's the golden age for people who have a passion to make a difference in people's lives, who want to have some voice of influence for a cause that they believe in and for people to build their business. Incredible time. Mm. Yeah, I'm so grateful of everything that's happening right now and where we are. I, I think anyone even listening to this right now, we're sitting in such an incredible time. Um, and what's so fascinating, and, and this, this can kind of lead into my next question is, Everything happening in the world, coronavirus and all that, there's, there's such an excuse why not to do something, especially somebody like you, a speaker, events, that's your main thing, right? There's so many reasons what not to do. And then other people can look at it as the reason why they must do it. And I'm so fascinated with your story, how you grew up, you know, not, not knowing your, your birth mother until this week, right? Which I'd love to hear about that. Not knowing your birth mother, you know, being being told you're mentally retarded and having all these labels and everything put on you at school, how did you sort of break through the mold of what society told you you were or, and especially growing up when, you know, it's such a racist world as well. How did you break through all that and create everything you've done? Well, I wish I could tell you that I did it, but I did not. I had a, a, a major disruption. I went into this classroom in my Junior year in high school, I was always in special education. I have a twin brother. He never had to go to summer school. He was never in special education. And I I went in this room with Mr. Leroy Washington. He said, young man, go to the board and work this problem out for me. And I said, I can't, sir. And he said, why not? I said, I'm not one of your students. I'm just here to see MacArthur Stevens. He said, do what I'm asking you to do anyhow. And I said, I can't, sir. He said, why not? And then the other students chimed in and started laughing. He's Leslie. He's got a twin brother, Wesley. Wesley is smart. He's DT. And he asked, what's DT? He's the dumb twin. And I said, I am, sir. And he came from behind his desk and he looked at me. He said, don't you ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. How we live our lives, Morgan, as you know, is a result of the story we believe about ourselves. And when you have your program or when you're speaking or when you're coaching someone, what you do is distract, dispute, and inspire. You distract them from their current story that psychologists call their self-explanatory style. And through your presentation, through the information that you provide out of your experiences, out of the guests that you interview, you dismantle their current belief system and you inspire them, give them the courage to make some new choices, to take their lives in a new direction. And so that's what happened for me. That was a major disruption. 
and I maintain a relationship with him. I adopted him unbeknownst to him as my spiritual father. And I love to hear him speak. He was a great orator. He was the head of speech and drama at Booger T. Washington High School. And I would stand on a, a box outside of his window. He was a wooden portable where he was coaching kids on speaking and acting. And I would look through the window. And one day it was raining outside. And he said, come on in. And I came in. And he said, just sit back there and be quiet. I see you watching me. Why do you watch me like this? And I said, because I want to be like you. And he said, well, you just sit there and be quiet. Do you you hear me? I said, yes, sir, I will. And that's how it started. I, I loved communication. He taught me three things that lives with me today. He said, in order to do what you want to do in life, number one, he said, work on your mind. That you don't get in life what you want, you get in life what you are. Number two, practice OQP, only quality people. You only earn within two to $3,000 of your closest friends. Who you run with determines who you end up with. And develop your communication skills. Put your money where your mouth is. Because once you open your mouth, you tell the world who you are. And those three steps alone has it's really has served me well. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> that's uh that, that's that's amazing. What why do you think why do you think most people don't go after their dreams? Because of, we've been trained through our educational system that measures your intelligence based upon your ability to memorize facts and figures, and we've been trained and groom for a job. We've been trained and conditioned for being something that we were not born to become. And very few people take the time for self-discovery to answer the question, who am I really? Uh, There's a, a quote that I love by Dr. Howard Thurman, who's a mentor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Avid Schweitzer, and Mahatma Gandhi. He said there are two primary questions that one must ask oneself in life. Number one, where am I going? Most people don't have a clue where they're going. Number two, who's going with me? And he said, and if you ever ask those questions in the wrong order, you'll be in serious trouble. (laughs) So in school, they don't have classes on self-development, which is very important. Finding out who you are. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life, the day that you're born and the day that you realize why you're born, why you're here. What am I supposed to do with this thing called life? I just wrote a quote today that that life is God's gift to us. And how we live our lives, the impact that we make, the influence that we create, that we will be able to give to life and be the gift that keeps on giving even after we are gone. <laughs> I wrote that today. I love it. I'd love to, um, do, you, do you want to share a bit about uh, what we were talking about before this, this show started? You've had a freaking incredible week, right? One of, the, one of the biggest weeks of your life. Do you want to you want to share a little bit about this? My oldest son had been doing a search for his grandparents, my mother and father. And, 
I never knew anything about them at all. And he said, Dad, he said, I think I've got a connection. And sure enough, when he had me to talk with the lady on the phone, she said, Mr. Brown, according to the DNA, you are my first cousin because he had me to spit on the little thing you sent it back. I said, is that right? So I said, well, who's your father? And she said, my father is Oliver Randolph. Her, her, her grandfather was Oliver Randolph. And I said, my original name was Calvin Randolph. She said, I know. And I said, who's your mother? Her name is Dorothy Randolph. Whoa, you gotta be kidding me. Do you have any pictures of them? Yes, I do. And she showed me pictures. And then she said, you know something? When I saw you speaking in the Georgia Dome before 80,000 people, you look just like your mother and your grandmother. They both were motivational speakers. They both went across the country speaking and raising funds for what is now the Beulah Museum, teaching and educating African-American kids how to read and how to develop a trade. I said, they did? Yes, I was floored. I said, this is a little bit too much. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been very emotional for me. I cried tears of gratitude. Here I am, 76. I've been a 76-year secret. And the secret has finally been revealed. That is absolutely <laughs> insane. That that's that's so cool. I'm I'm glad that um I'm glad that I got to be the, one of the first people to hear about this. This is this is really cool. And I, this I bet is you'd the be the first time I've ever shared this in an interview. Yeah. It just happened, it's fresh and raw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and you were talking about, you know, the the coincidences um of it as well, like how your mom was a motivational speaker, like your birth mom and did I'm not sure how, how much information did come out from this. Did you ever wonder, like, did any information come out as to how it all happened or how the adoption happened or, like, because I know back then it was such a different sort of world, wasn't it? Somebody had sex. I was not in inoculant <laughs> conception. <laughs> you have any idea how this happened? Yeah, somebody was doing the nasty. <laughs> little kid say oh i don't know and 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 in fact i met a brother that i did not know i had and 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 some of the relatives said did you talk to les brown you you he he said yes and what did you say to him he called me and said according to this this search he's been on that that dorothy bell is his mother and they asked him, what did you say? He said, that makes you my brother. And then what else did you say? Did you, did you ask him how this took place? He said, no, he's here. We'll move forward with love. It doesn't matter how he got here. Somebody was sneaking away, doing a little something, something up in there. Oh, There's man. a scene in a movie that came out years ago called The Color Purple. And there was a line in there that said, 
Papa is not Papa. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, talking about talking about uh, before when we were talking about people's dreams and why they're not going after it and knowing what it's you mental want. Mental conditioning. Mental conditioning and circumstances. We, we learn through conversations, observations, and experiences. And in order for us to lift out of se- ourselves out of the conversations we've heard between the ages of four and six. In a book, the most exhaustive study on self-esteem by Martin Seliman from the University of Minnesota. He said, between the ages of four and six, something happens. He said, there's a voice and there's a voice that says yes in your heart or a voice that says no. In my complexion of rejection, there's a voice that said no. So I had to work hard to convert that voice to a yes. But up to that point, when I did this research of wanting more than what life was giving me, I was in the mindset we were poor, but we didn't know it. But after looking at and reading and doing research and was exposed to information that expanded my vision of myself and what was possible, I converted that no into a yes, even though I have the complexion of rejection. And, 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 and in a system and a culture that, that is designed to to demonize me, to dismiss me, to destroy me, and to destroy my sense of self. And so that required a lot of work. And I'm still engaged in the process, and I'm 76. So it has been very damaging. But I was able, with the help of working on myself, I, I read two to three books a month. And if the average person just decide to read one book a month, top achievers read far more, but just one book a month in some area of self-development and some area that you're passionate about. In five years, when, when the average person would have read five books, you'd have read 60 books, that will make you an expert. And that's what I did. I disciplined myself to read two to three books a month, and I still do to this day. Warren Buffett, he reads four hours a day to this day. He does that. That's a part of his ritual. That's why I'm not a billionaire right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to up the books there. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, man. (laughs) So how, how can somebody know if they're on the right path or not? If it resonates with your heart, if it's you, if, if you're not looking at the clock, if you uh, don't see it as work, but see it as a calling, a job is what you get paid for. A calling is what you are made for. A calling is something that you love so much you do it for nothing. 
I gave many, many speeches before I ever got paid. You do it for nothing, but you do it so well that people will pay you to do it. So what is it that's a hobby for you? It's speaking was just a hobby. Speaking to kids in elementary school and daycare centers, because I knew they didn't know enough to know whether or not I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher said, we want, we want that speaker with the, with the funny laugh. Can you bring him back, Miss Carter? Yes, I will. <laughs> and so when you can hold little kids, that's a gift. And I, I continue to do that. If, if I didn't get paid a dime, I would still speak because speaking is what I do. I love it. I love to make people feel good. I love to inspire people. And I love giving people hope, hope, inspiration, motivation of perfumes you can't sprinkle on others without getting a few drops on yourself, Morgan. Mm, I like that. It, look at Looking back onto everything that you've done, is there anything that you'd go back and do differently? Absolutely. I would start quicker. For 14 years, I didn't do this because I asked myself, how would I do it? I saw Zig Ziglar speaking, Wayne Dyer, Tony Robbins, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. And my heart said, I can do that. But then when I left those events, my mind kicked in and said, Les Brown, you can't do that. You were labeled educable, mentally retarded. Les Brown, you can't do that. You, you were put back from the, from the fifth grade to the fourth grade, and you failed in the eighth grade. You have no college training. You never work for a major corporation. You can't compete with people with PhDs and MBAs. And I tell audiences that I speak to, when there's an argument between your heart and your mind, follow your mind. We've been conditioned to believe to be logical and practical and realistic. The heart knows things. The mind believes. There are things that the heart knows that the mind can't conceive of, but the heart knows where your heart is. There your treasure is also. You want to live a heart-centered life. Mm -hmm. And do, do you have some ways that like, so like you mentioned before about really happening at a young age, this self-esteem thing. And I, I know so many people would be sitting there going, am I worthy of this? Can I do this? Am I good enough? And especially Australians, like we've got this thing down under here, Les, called tall poppy syndrome, where uh, I'm sure you know about it, right? And people like to tear other people down that, that, that are doing better, right? So especially in Australia, Australian culture is very big on, being scared to really go after what they want. So do you have yeah, some ways? That's, that that's not unique to Australians. It's global. Okay, It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. What we have to do is literally unplug from the world. That's why we're told in the good book, be ye not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Nothing can get through except through the ears and the eyes. What you listen to, you turn into. There's a reason that I get up in the morning and I share with people who follow me. 
Whatever you hear the first 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning will affect the spirit of your day. And so I'm intentional. I don't watch the news in the morning. I ask people about the news so they can give me a summary, but I'm not interested in exposing my mind to constant negative news. I want to be focused on the life that I'm creating, focused on how I can live like a legend so that I can leave a legacy. And so I I focus on listening to things that feed me, that feed my mind, that feed my faith, so that my doubts about myself will starve to death. And I have surrounded myself with people that I can learn from, people that lift my spirit, people that we hold each other accountable, collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships. And I read a minimum of 30 to 40 pages a day. And I journal, put my thoughts down, and I make a list of what I want to get out of the day. The average person, when they wake up in the morning, They just want to get through the day and they leave home going to work in somebody else's dream because they don't have a dream. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They have something that they thought about, but they are not dreaming and are willing to commit themselves to do the work that they need to do to reinvent themselves, to rethink their lives. Socrates said, the unexamined life isn't worth living. And so you have to really look at what it is you want and be willing to do the work. My favorite book says, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And so we have to be willing to work on ourselves because we have a lot of stuff in us that does not serve us, that help to to skew our vision of ourselves. And we have to work hard to strip that off. Mm. Especially this day and age um, with the newer generation as well. A lot of people that are listening to this show is it's very easy to sort of grow up with everything's done for us, right? It's very easy to get things now. We, we, we want things in a fast-paced um, kind of way. And it's quite easy to sort of lose that work ethic. And you're really big for teaching people how to be hungry. So how can someone develop more hunger, more drive in their life? Morgan, people who are not hungry have skinny children. <laughs> It's a different world. It's more competitive than ever before. Just in the United States alone, before the coronavirus, 47 million jobs will be taken over by robots and artificial intelligence. Just in America alone, within two years, big trucks, 18-wheelers, will be automated. Just in America alone. Cab companies have been put out of business by Lyft and, and Uber. All right? And and so when you think about how things are going through what I call creative destruction, certain industries that those industries have been destroyed, but that creates an opening for something else to be produced. 
So we all have to step up and do what we need to do to stay ahead of technology because things are changing so fast that it makes your head swim. When you think about over a half million people have died here in America, well, guess what? Businesses have gone under. Suicide rate has increased. Divorce rate increased by 40%. Children, there's an article out called Our Kids Are Listening to Us. And so more violence, more crime. And so in all of these so-called problems, I see them as challenges. There's opportunity. And we have to look and find those opportunities so that that we can become an asset to life rather than a liability, so that we can find a new way of using our abilities and skills. We must throw our net on the other side, if you please. I was involved in radio. I was fired for editorializing on police brutality and police deadly use of force. That was 46 years ago. Here we are 46 years later, and the same thing's going on because white supremacists and Klan members permeate police departments all across the country and the military. America's going through a reckoning. The true character of America is being shown now. And something that Benjamin Franklin said, until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are affected, change will never take place. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time, there are people from all walks of life, including white people saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. And stepping up, They want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. People who just stand and look are part of the problem. When something happens, three things take place. There's the victim, there's the perpetrator, and there are the witnesses. And somebody will ask, what's the worst? The witnesses. Four cops watched a man killed. Either one of them could say, come on, man. He can't breathe. Come on, it's four of us here. He's got his hands cuffed behind his back. He can't get up. He's on the ground. We're on top of him. Take your knee off his neck. Neither one volunteered to do that. They just watched it. It's a crime to watch a crime perpetrated when you have the ability to intervene and don't bring any harm to yourself and just watch it. You're complicit. Silence gives consent. And so now a lot of things are are being exposed and people are speaking up. But it's been going on a long time, and it's a major part of America's fabric. I remember this lady saying at a Black Lives Matter demonstration, I'm going to, I hate you, and I'm going to teach my kids to hate you. So this hatred... Mm -hmm has been taught for years. And I don't know how you hate people that you've enslaved, hate people that you put systems together that give you all the advantages and hold them down. You 
hate me? According to the Federal Reserve out of St. Louis, they, they said stunningly, wasn't stunning to me and people who look like me, a white high school dropout with a felony, a criminal background, creates three times more wealth than a black college graduate who graduates with all type of student loans. And so when you're in a system that demonizes you, that dismiss you, and does everything in its power to destroy you and your sense of self, in order to get through that and break through, you got to be hungry. (laughs) People that are hungry are willing to do the things today others won't do in order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. People that are hungry know you will fail your way to success. People that are hungry operate out of the thinking of, of the one who wrote the book, Ogmandino. I will persist until I succeed, the greatest salesman in the world. People that are hungry have mental resolve and they are relentless and unstoppable and they become no matter what people. Mm. <clears throat> Hungry, hungry dogs run faster, don't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, how, how about if you're, <clears throat> how about if you're feeling lost, maybe confused, or in doubt of what you are chasing after, or if what you're hungry in the pursuit of? How can you kind of get, I guess, recalibrated if you're feeling confused or lost? I think that it's important, and I said this earlier that you create OQP, only quality people, collaborative, achievement-driven, supported relationships so that you can get some feedback, so that you have some people around you that will hold you accountable, that can take you to a place inside yourself that you can't go by yourself. When a plane takes off, it gets feedback. 95% of the time, it's off course, but the control tower gives it feedback to get on course. So most people try and do it themselves. There's a saying that I I vehemently disagree with. Experience is the best teacher. No, experience is a substitute teacher. Wisdom is the best teacher. And you should be willing to invest in the wisdom of others so that you don't make the mistakes that they made. And that will accelerate your ability to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Surrounding yourself with the people that you can learn from, that you can grow from. Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said, if you're the smartest one in your group, you need to get a new group. <laughs> yes. Yeah, one, one thing that I'm really aware of and I actually like strive for is my goal is to always be the dumbest in the room and the poorest in the room. Yes. Every, every single group I'm around. And I, I actually like to get uncomfortable I like to be embarrassed telling people around me how much money I make because that's a sign to me that I'm around good people. That is a good philosophy. That's solid. <laughs> I love I've it. never heard it put like that, but let me tell you something. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my heavenly father. Yes, you're a divinely inspired genius. <laughs> I love it. You, 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 can, you can take it and then just uh, quote, quote me in there, Les, okay? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Do, do, you, do you have a superpower? Yes. What is it? Speaking. <laughs> and training speakers. 
I know I can talk to a person, ask them a few questions, and I'll tell their story in a way that they'll forget that it's their story and think it's mine. <laughs> I'd love to do it because I've studied this. I've been doing this for 52 years. I have a program called Hungry to Speak. And people who share their stories, and I listen to them, and I say, can I take a swing at it? They said yes, after I've gotten some key questions answered. And when I do it, I remember one lady, I told her story, and, and she was in the training, and she had on this short red dress. She stood up and she said, listen, Miss Bitch, <laughs> you need to put on this dress and these high heel shoes because you told my story better than me. I said, oh, behave. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, <laughs> um, do do you think do you honestly think that anyone can live their dreams we're here for that when you've been chosen just think about this morgan god had a lot of choices for you to be here you look 400 million and they're saying <laughs> no not you not you not you here that one Morgan, yeah. when he goes down there, he's going to make his presence felt. When he goes down there, he's going to get a podcast. He's going to talk to people. He's going to shift their thinking. He's going to expand their vision of themselves. He's going to be doing things not just to entertain them, but that will empower them to live a life that will outlive them. See, when you get him, Morgan, he's going to teach you master something that you love. He's going to teach you be open to the possibilities. He's going to teach you to reinvent yourself. He's going to teach you to be goal-centered. He's going to teach you to answer the call on your life. And he's going to teach you to never give up. It's called the Morgan factor. Hmm. Don't mess with the old man. Come on now. <laughs> oh man, <coughs> I was just, I was going to say something, but I, I forget what I was even going to say to you. You just <laughs> you cracked me up, Les. What I just did with your name. What's that? Did you see what I just did with your name? The Morgan Factor. Yeah, master something you love. M, open to the possibilities. O, right. Reinvent yourself, R, right? G, goal-centered life, yes. Answer the call on your life, mm, and N, never give up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to take that. I'm going to blow this up, Les, and uh, I'm going I'm to send you a photo of that. that that's freaking amazing. <laughs> you, you, truly, you truly do have a gift. And anyone anyone listening to this as well that has any kind of interest in wanting to speak, learning how to speak, you got to get in touch with Les and you got to jump in tight. In, was it Hungry to Speak, right? That's that's everything you work on right go now. Go to HungryToSpeak.com. HungryToSpeak.com. Hungry to Speak. Yeah, yeah. HungryToSpeak.com. And if they want coaching one-on-one with me, they have to email me uh, to Les Brown at HungryToSpeak. 
I love it. Uh, Les, this has been um, this has been absolutely incredible. And I have a funny feeling that's probably not going to be the last time we talk, Eva, or last time we do something together. Um, no. So I, I love everything you've done. And, you know, what I was actually going to – this is what I was actually going to say. The, the thing that I first heard of you that's always stayed in my head, this is literally like some people ask me, they're like, what, what motivates you and what keeps you fired up? It's literally – what scares me the most in life? I think I've only got I've only got two fears, three fears. One's the dark. I really don't like the dark. Two are sharks because I live in Australia and they're just not fun when you're out on your surfboard, Liz. And the third is getting to the finish line and seeing all the things that I could have done that I didn't yet act on. And I think one of the first things I heard of you say, you were like, when you get when you you're on your deathbed and you see all your dreams or your goals or your talents come to you that could have you could have brought life to you but you didn't right is this is this something that do you want to elaborate on this is this something that just to kind of yes. give these guys one last thing yes the ideal situation for a man a woman to die is to have family members praying with them as you cross over but imagine if you will being on your deathbed And standing around your bed, the ghost of the dreams, the ideas, the abilities, the books that you did not write, the speeches that you did not give, the story that you did not tell, the the skills and, 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 and all the talents that you came here in you, standing around your bed, looking at you with large, angry eyes saying, we came to you. And only you could have given us life. And now we must die with you forever. And then I asked the audience, if you died today, what dreams, what talents, what voice, what story, what skills, what knowledge will die with you? Most people say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. This is literally how I live my life. It's like, what are you doing today? And th- this yeah. is what keeps me going every single day, just knowing that, like, and somebody asked me the other day, they go, well, you don't really have to work anymore. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, when will you ever retire? I'm like, why the hell would I ever retire? And there's always more to do, and I, and I love what I'm doing. Yeah, and you, this is a calling in your life. I'm not a religious person. I am a spiritual person. Religious people are afraid of going to hell, and spiritual people have been there, and hell to me is what you experience when you die and you meet the person that you were supposed to become. You see the work that you were supposed to do and you didn't do it. Mm. That's hell. And if that doesn't get you guys moving today, I don't know what is. Les, this has been absolutely amazing having you on. So thank you so much for jumping on. Where, where can everybody, I know you mentioned before, but where can everybody find you, follow you, and listen to more of your content and, and keep in touch with you. At hungrytospeak.com, but also they can go to my website, lesbrown.com, and they'll see the schedule there. But let, I want to just share this with you. I do a lot of interviews. And there's certain people because of their energy, certain people because of their alignment with the purpose of their life, bring the best out of you. I am so glad for this interview. You have blessed me and I thank you. 
I thank you in behalf of the millions of people whose lives you touch every day. I'm grateful. I believe you're never too old to learn and you're never too young to teach. And you bring out the best in me. I wish I could sing, but uh, that's another time. You can't handle that ticket. You might faint. <laughs> oh, Les, I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for that. I love you too. And I appreciate you. To, uh, to, to wrap this interview up, I've got one final question for you. Are you ready? Yes. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self, and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? I would say, be willing to do the things today that other people won't do. Be an independent thinker, but surround yourself with people that you can learn from and become a risk taker. Helen Keller said, life is a daring adventure. Make your life a daring adventure, or otherwise it will be boring. Mm, I love it. That's it. That's all wrapped up. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.